Welcome back. Deck Hockey Focus here checking in with you guys. Eric Mock and Ryan Shackelford, respectively. The summer tournament, the NDA national tournament is officially over. What a weekend it was. It was hot. There were some winners. There were some losers. And there were some great plays. We'll break it all down for you guys right here. Uh, but first, I want to thank Landjet for treating us so well. Treating us like high-class business executives. That was absolutely amazing. Private little uh, studio we had there. Uh, and again, Crawford Brewery as well for keeping everybody lubricated for the entire tournament and offering them a nice little discount for all the participants. So we couldn't do it if there wasn't a big buy-in from you know local companies like them. And we really do appreciate that. Uh, but we have upgraded from our land yet. We're working on our new studio. So here's a sneak peek for you guys. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, but Shackleford, let's run down the incredible tournament we had. I mean, there are so many different levels, so many different winners. Uh, so should we start maybe with the future of the game? Absolutely. Start with the juniors. Why wouldn't we? Uh-huh. Yeah, we're getting old. They're so young. They're going to take our places soon. Um, so the juniors, um, four teams in that division. And again, Pittsburgh uh, coming out, uh, taking a taking it to Yoli, which is kind of the uh, Quad City team. Mm-hmm. And that's their back-to-back championship at this tournament. Yeah, they've been studs the past couple of years. We appreciate you guys just uh, showing up. Yeah, but more importantly, uh, they actually, a couple weeks or a month before, won the five-on-five nationals as well. So they took t- they took home two national championships, two different levels of Dakar ball hockey. Up to you how you want to pronounce that. And, you know, we talk about Pittsburgh hockey a lot here. We obviously went out to Pittsburgh, but clearly they're doing something right and they're cultivating Absolutely. the game from... The ground up. Future talent there. So it's great to see the future of the game in the United States is going to be great. Yes. Uh, But so then moving to uh, the old folks. (laughs) Us guys. Let's start with D4. Uh, Didn't play in D4. I played D3. But uh, D4, uh, you know, this year actually kind of kept it within the NDA network where you had Springfield Yotes, the Coyotes, um, playing against a Waterloo team, the Bush Lattes. And... (laughs) Yeah, definitely a big fan. Um, where Springfield actually took that one uh, pretty handily, seven to one. So if you listen to previous releases, we had uh, Healy on Jack mm-hmm. Healy, absolutely uh, talked about kind of the emergence of that team and how they just started playing uh, not that long ago, a couple mm-hmm. months ago. Um, obviously, some good things happening there, and to bring home the D four championship there, proud of you guys. And Keep then building. In, and then in D3, we see another Pittsburgh team. They kind of travel as a unit there, and they're bringing some talent to the table, facing another out-of-town uh, opponent. Yeah, Chicago. Um, so we had a Pittsburgh-Chicago final, and Pittsburgh squeaked this one out. Um, this You're going to see a common theme here starting about right now of very tight games. Uh, Pittsburgh actually took this 6-5 to five coming back, back-to-back in D3 championships. Mm-hmm. They won last year as well. Which goes to say a lot for the ranking system. I mean, that's a tough thing to do. And I think that they've done a really good job of making the entire tournament very, very competitive. Yeah. No, I, I, I at, think that, at all levels. Yeah. And that's something to talk about is you hear banters like, well, it's not fair for an out of town team, blah, blah, blah. You know, they can do whatever. Uh, there's a lot of work that happens behind the scenes to like actually research and rank those players. And if you're in a championship game in a six to five game, the rankings are probably where they should be. Yeah, and there's a lot of these games going to the wire. Uh, and again, we see it in D2 uh, with Coffee Hand, who plays in our local league. I think at least essentially their base uh, plays in our league play. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're actually, uh, they have a spot right down the street from deck uh, on Devil's Glen. Uh, local team, local guys. They had some, a couple, you know, moves made there. Um, but Coffee Hound facing off against Perry Jacobs' uh, Screaming Seagulls, which 
Rest in peace, buddy. Yeah, no, the year of Perry, unfortunately, has uh, concluded. It's a half year of Perry. We'll <laughs> but yeah, celebrate the first half. So so four to three, Coffee Hound takes it over Screaming Seagulls, and that was an absolute battle. So that actually took place right after, I think it was right after the D1 game. Mm-hmm. Um, so they still had a ton of fans out for that game, and they put on a great show. I mean, it was an absolute grudge match. I, I had a great time watching that game, just as much as I did with D1. Absolutely. No, it was uh, back and forth, and a lot of those guys were local guys, so it's uh, they're teammates in a couple weeks they were right. teammates a month ago love to hate each other now they're playing against each other it was absolutely uh <laughs> <elf game laughs> was to watch fun. but moving to d1 yes battle royale the premiere the prime time yeah so we've seen in the past the deckheads have been you know consistently dominant, dominant. um they've faced some solid opposition so i i think that they're probably the favorite coming into pretty much any tournament and we see our out-of-town boys, the Cowboys. Yeah, well, before we get into this actual game, like just to recap where the teams were in D1, we had the Deckheads, uh, you know, perennial champions. We just talked about that. Mm-hmm. We had, I'm, I'm going to call them Toronto, that's where they're from, but the Southwest Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the QC Storm, which is actually our pro team, our SPHL team put a team in. And then subsidized by a few other local guys that yep. play at the top level. Exactly. And then we had uh, kind of a mismatch, I'm going to call it that, Um Oh, with you know uh, it's basically BD Bandits. They were the Mississippi uh, Chuggers, something like that. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, but there's a. It was kind of those guys that weren't exactly invited to that team. They kind of made their own team. Mm-hmm. So, but they actually played really well. They took out a few wins. You had they, no. They were all over the place, and it was great. Mississippi Valley Juicers. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then we had the perennial. They were Factory of Fear this year, but it was the combo. They had the guys from London, Ontario. Um, mm-hmm. Quad City, Springfield, Waterloo, that combo team, and they played really well. But factoring all of that in, the round robin games were unreal. Yeah, you had teams that played super tight against one another. They play a different team the next time, get blown out, and then win their next game. Like, Absolutely, it was. I don't even know how to describe it. Anybody could have won any game. Yeah, there was no consistency. There were no favorites. Uh, I mean, deckheads included, the Toronto boys included, like. It was every game could have been won or lost. I think there was maybe a handful of ones that got out of hand for a team or two, but yep. I mean, overall, I, I could have seen any one of those teams going for it. Absolutely. And what you saw is like if a team, when it got out of hand and maybe a blowout, and you can check that online, mm-hmm. they bounced back and then played tight or beat the next game. So yeah. it was back and forth. There's nothing to be taken lightly. But do we want to talk about what happened on Sunday? Yeah. So. The whole weekend we're talking what ninety five degree heat. Yeah. I mean people are people are dying and and just giving their all and everybody's absolutely exhausted. So we come to championship Sunday, deckheads uh, versus the Cowboys, and that was my pick. I think early on. Oh, I, I, I don't know if I quoted that on camera or not, but I thought that the Cowboys were the best uh, chance for the deckheads to finally get their upset, which I think. You know, maybe a few people were looking to see, like, hey, you know, when is somebody going to come in and just really, you know, t- take take down the local boys in their own tournament, you know, and and challenge the home ground there a little bit. And the Cowboys, I thought early on, they almost I want to say stumbled out of the blocks. Oh, they totally did. Yeah, they're they're a five on five base team. Yeah. So three on three is not what they always, uh, you know, their their ground their base yeah. where they play. Um, they did form Team Great Britain. I was going to say, that's where they guys. got their feet wet. Yep, that's where uh, they did go to Slovakia last November to play. So they're used to the game, but their day-to-day is with them five-on-five. So mm-hmm. you're 100% correct. Yeah. It took them a little bit to adjust, get everybody to gel to that 
it's a new system. Right. Smaller rank, offensive oriented. How do you adjust? Well, and so guys, right? early on, I thought the deckheads, they've got their systems. They practice all the time. The team chemistry for them is going to be Up basically in. maxed out. Yes. Uh, and so we don't know exactly what kind of team chemistry they're bringing. They're a little bit of a new team to us other than what we saw in the international play. But, you know, a bit of a wild card there. I thought that the deckheads were going to oust them based on conditioning alone. I thought that the Cowboys, given an, given a scoring opportunity, they seemed like they finished every opportunity they got. I was just worried that they wouldn't have... Uh, the, the endurance, yeah, to fight through the heat and fight through the entire weekend, especially with all the competition that they had to oust just to get there. So I thought that they might have a bit of a legs Wrong, issue. Guess. Exactly. Sure. And I mean, we know that the decades, they're a, thir- they're a third period team for eternity. Yeah. And we've seen that in years past where the decades actually, they fall behind mm-hmm. in championship games. They did last year. They come back with Louisiana. Agree. Uh, they, but the thing is, there's no panic. They mm-hmm. understand how to play from behind, right. and they understand the three-on-three three game probably better than anybody else we can reference. They understand that with, hey, there's five minutes left. We're down by three. We can score those goals. No problem. No panic. No rush. It is what it is. Let's regroup and figure out that new strategy. Well, and then so the day prior in the elimination rounds, uh, or not, maybe it was still in, in round-robin play. I don't, yeah, it would have been. So. Yep. The Cowboys and the Deckheads faced off head-to-head. And I was thinking, I was like, I already know how this is going to fall. And it's going to be Deckheads and Cowboys. So we're basically getting a preview of the championship. Cowboys come out and take the early lead. I don't remember exactly what the score was. But they blank the Deckheads in period one of two. So, and which was maybe something that we should have mentioned is all through round robin play, it's two Two 12-minute periods. And then when we switch to championship Sunday, it switches to three periods. So... Deckheads get blank for the first half. And I don't know that I've seen that happen to them a lot. Not in recent memory. And what do they do? I don't know. You tell me. They go to their old school playbook, <laughs> pull the goalie, put four men on, and just throw as many shots at the net as we possibly can. And we got Nick and we got Yannick with an absolute bomb of a shot at the point. And good luck to any team in front of that. Because yeah. if they get possession for more than half a second you're looking at a three-minute onslaught or until... Well, and and the thing about how they play that, and just to call out, is it's actually very controlled. Extremely. Very process-oriented. They're not bombing shot, bombing shot, bombing shot. They're taking the one right shot. Right, good to mention. I mean, bomb shot as in it's coming 120 (laughs) miles an hour. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, and we've seen that in spectacular fashion in in the past. Even... Dating back to last year where they had this spectacular comeback. Yeah, we were talking the semifinal game coming into this, though. And the semifinal game, honestly, I don't recall the score, but I think it was maybe like 3-2. to two. Um, It was a tight one. But that game was a preview of what we all discussed earlier of mm-hmm. how we're going to get to how we're going to get the championship. Yeah. And as we get to the championship, I'm not going to lie. This is the most unusual game I have seen. Yeah, so I did miss, I think, the first two goals. I was running around. We, But spoiler alert, again, we're going to have a little bit of live video and stuff that we're working on working as on. we speak. Uh, so I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. But early, early, early lead. First face-off. Yeah. So here's what happened. The Cowboys win the first draw, pull it back, and just turn and rip a shot. Yeah. Goes in. Momentum immediately swung. Right. 
to pucks at the net, the Cowboys, and it's in. So I'm gonna save you a lot of the first 1.75 periods. Well, I'm gonna say it was real, real close there until they broke it open mid second, and then it just started to fall. Right? No, it it went. They, it was closely contested for a while in the first, mm-hmm. and then it just floodgates open. So here's yeah. what happened. Outside of the first period, we're going to fast forward through three quarters of the way through the second period. Meat and potatoes here. It is eight to nothing, Toronto, Southwest Cowboys. Eight yeah. to nothing. I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought this was going to be like a semifinal or like a round robin game where it was tight back and forth. They opened the floodgates. We talked about having the legs on Sunday, they had them. Yeah. They didn't have the legs that afterburners. And it's not, they had a couple maybe that I think Fry would want back, but a lot of their goals were nasty. Yeah. I mean, even the one in tight that I was talking about where he chips it up to himself and then roofs it from the goal line. I mean, these were beautiful goals and hopefully our camera angles and things can actually translate that to you guys. Cause there's some really, really nice plays. Yeah. But, but so as we find ourselves with a goose egg on the board for the deckheads. So this is something I haven't seen for a very long time or ever. I don't even recall the deckheads pulled a goalie with a when three minutes left in the second. In the second period. Come back. Of three. And they played that system. They played their four-man no-panic system. They just, hey, this is what it is. This is what we have to do. This is the time on the clock. Now let's be surgeons. And it turns into a chess match. Yeah, it was let's be surgeons and let's be precise. Mm -hmm. And they actually started to chip away, chip away, chip away. Mm -hmm. Fry actually came back. Zach Freiberger, who we're referring to, came back in the net with about a minute, 90 seconds left in the second mm-hmm. because they had chipped away a couple goals. As I think it was about 8-2 eight or 8-3 eight, at that point. And then we get to the third. The third period was pretty much four on three. The whole way. A couple of, couple of penalties in there. Yeah. So you get that odd man as well. So the start of the period, um, that actually, it wasn't like 8-3 to three at that point. I think it was like 6-2 to two or 6-3. to three. Um, Toronto, Southwest Cowboys had gotten a few empty netters. Mm-hmm. So they have this, it's opened up a little bit here. Yeah. Um, and we have 12, 13 minutes to figure this out. And that's a lot of goals, particularly considering how, one, their goaltender played from Toronto. Outstanding. Yeah. You weren't getting anything past him. He enters the game with like a 9-2 or 9-3, <laughs> something along yeah. those lines. And they were very structured defensively. They knew what they were doing. So the deckheads just go, they play their game. There's the no panic. Let's be surgeons. Let's be precise. And they chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away. Finally, with like two minutes left, it's eight to six. Yeah. We have a ball game. So I want to give a quick shout out to Nick Swisher, who I thought played maybe better than I thought he was capable of playing that goal line kind of low side net and picking up some of the rebounds that are coming off of these absolute missile shots from Yannick and from Nick and from Pat, where I mean he's he's dumping them on a on a second's notice, and I, I just I thought he played amazing. Yeah, Kyle Schott, who I mean was just in Montreal playing with Team USA, still a kid playing in that level, and he proved he could be there doing that exact same thing. Yeah, when Swish needed a break for the deckheads, Kyle Schott went and took that spot and buried a couple. And so the deckheads are rolling hot, doing their four on three, four on two, and on occasion. There. So here's what happened though, like coming down the. Coming down the the gate here. Yeah. We're on the home stretch. It's a tight game now. It's eight to six. It's eight to seven. Tempers are starting to get a little uh little up there. Nobody's gonna let this go. So it gets a little bangy, gets a little physical. Penalties are starting to get on the board. Yeah. Regardless, the deckheads have a prime opportunity. It's eight to seven at this point. There's about forty five seconds left, and they're on the power play. 
And I'll give all the credit in the world. If you can survive a four on two against that team, you deserve it. You own it. You win it. It's yours. We're excited to announce that eight to seven Southwest Cowboys win that championship and take the t- NDA national championship for the first time ever up north to yeah. Canada. Wow. So congratulations to those guys. Um, I'll just say personally, absolute pleasure meeting you guys. It was fantastic. Great dudes. Great hockey players. Great guys. Love to see you back next year. I know you will. And as we start to wrap this up, we're not done yet. James Brown, Ottawa, the Godfathers. We need you. We want to see you here next year. That jersey's going on the wall here soon, buddy. So you're a hometown team now. We need you. This is your tournament. Yeah, we want to see you We should mention to everybody what Tent City is like. That's a good point. It gets better and better and better and better every year. It is like a small city mixed with a tailgate, mixed with high-intensity hockey and, and July and weather. Longs. So before we actually end, I just thought of this. Um, I was watching one of the Toronto games mm-hmm. in Round Robin, and I apologize. I don't remember your name or your boyfriend's name. We actually ended up just kind of watching next to each other. Sure, sure. I just asked her, I was like, hey, uh, you know, what do you think? She's like, no, I'm from, you know, out of town. This is my boyfriend. We just came in. And I was like, so what do you think of the tournament? She's like, this is absolutely unreal. We don't yeah. see anything like this at home. And she, she was actually like, well, I was actually texting somebody from back home yeah. trying to explain it. And she took like a panoramic video. And she's like, the only thing I can say is that I told her is like, this video doesn't do it justice. There's no way to describe There's it. There's hundreds, if not a thousand people watching a game on Saturday afternoon. Vendors so, everywhere. Music pumping. So the atmosphere is absolutely amazing. Coolers so, are full. Again, James Brown, Ottawa Godfathers. We're looking at you guys. Love you guys. You'll have the time of your life and you can stay with us. Need to see <laughs> With Mott. Uh, need to see you in Iowa. But hey, as we wrap this up, though, we are going to bring a second segment. Mm-hmm. Um, we do want to go kind of out to New Jersey. Uh, with Anthony San Rock on the EBHL, um, plays with the Garden State teams. He did a lot of uh, work with us and helped us out a lot with Team USA 5-on-5 in Slovakia. So we did want to bring him on as we transition to that. We're going to give you a quick little recap on the screen here of what happened this weekend. Anthony, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, fellas. Happy yeah. to be on. Absolutely. Uh, appreciate good to connect you with you us. here finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a little while, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so just so everybody knows... Uh, Anthony in the EBHL and the guys that he works with was helping us out with the five on five team out in Slovakia mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of those graphics. So yeah, good friends of the yeah. show here for a while. We're super happy we could finally connect and we love everything you guys are doing out there. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. So, uh, Hey, real quick, uh, before we kind of dive into the day to day, why don't we, uh, just kind of talk about the EBHL and you know, where it's located and how you got your start and yeah, you know, what, where we what are was, today. What was step one? So we're located in South Jersey. We're about 20 minutes outside of Philly. Everyone's, you know, within a half hour of the rink. We started in 2015. We were, it was myself, my buddy Pat, and his brother TJ, my, who still runs the league with me now. We were shooting around at the rink in our neighborhood, and it's this small, little, compact, four-on-four. It's not much bigger than the three-on-three rings you guys play on, honestly, and it's like... The boards are angled. You can't even run the ball around the boards. Like, it's, it's kind of tough to play on, but this okay. rink, no one used it. So we were like, why don't we try to make a league? So we emailed a couple people, made a few calls, and it was easier to start than we thought it was going to be. And we were like, all right, we're willing to commit the time to this. Let's 
do it. So our first game ever was July of 2015, July 16, 2015, actually. And we ran four straight seasons on that concrete rink all throughout the summer. We ch- the first season we started kind of late because we didn't know we were going to do it. And then all the other seasons we started around May, June, and this year we actually started in April. But yeah, we this is our fifth season now. First on deck though. That's awesome. Cool. So, so like you guys grassroots have, efforts. Yeah, you guys really started from uh, nothing, rough <laughs> rink and everything there. I mean, we've got sort of a similar story here where it started off really slow and kind of niche, and now it's just exploded. I'm sure you guys will lap us twice <laughs> here within the coming years uh, just based yeah, we'll on see. the talent that you guys have. But uh, so I guess what I guess what sort of sparked your decision to go in with this and you and the rest of the guys there and what was sort of the motivation behind it and what's everybody's role within the EBHL? Well, when we were younger, like I was 22 when we first started and we were just like, whatever, let's just make a hockey league. It'll be fun. And that's why we still do it to this day. Um, Pat, who started the league with me, he left in 2017 and my brother Gianni started helping us then. So now it's me, Gianni and TJ who do it. And it's a pretty big production. We kind of decided we met up earlier this year, I guess, around like December-ish probably. And we were like, all right, what are we going to do this year? Are we going to stay on the concrete? And Marlton had just built the beautiful new deck rings. And we were like, should we go to the new deck rings? What are we going to try to do? And people have been kind of saying to us that we should try to go to the deck. So we decided let's do what we can, try to get to the deck rink, and let's just take it to social media and try to just make our league big. And like, we didn't really have Photoshop skills. We didn't really have video editing skills. We downloaded everything in the winter and just kind of practiced and worked on stuff until we got to the season. So we're still learning as we're going this year, but you know, we just want it to be as big as we can possibly make it. No, that that's awesome. And it, for anybody who's not aware, check these guys out on Facebook, EBHL's yeah. uh, uh, Ebsham. I'm sorry, I'm going to mispronounce Eve that. Sham, Eve Sham. E- Ebsham, yeah. uh, ball hockey Yeah, yeah. Their social media presence is absolutely amazing. The things that they do, their, you know, game day updates, their, you know, weekly wrap ups. Oh, are the fantastic. graphics. I mean, we're sitting, we're sitting here in Iowa and every time you guys release, <laughs> oh, here's the standings. Here's the end of the score. I read it every day at work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love oh, it. Funny. I love it there. But uh, I mean, who, who sort of orchestrates all of that as far as the social media goes? I mean, we all have our own little role. We use an app called Hootsuite and we just upload all our pictures, videos, everything on the day that we edit everything. And the way we do it is we'll have each team during the regular season, each team played one game a week for the most part, weather kind of restricted it. And there were times where it didn't work out that way, but generally we had five games a week and on Monday or Tuesday, following our Sunday games, we would all meet up at my house and my guest bedroom. We actually made into an office for the EBHL and we would do essentially like a nine to five and we would just sit down, talk about the games, edit videos. If we had think a play was like a nice play, we write it on the whiteboard and we would just edit all the games, do the graphics. At the end of the day, we compiled the top 10 plays into what we thought were the best plays. And then we'd upload it all to our website. And as the week went on, we would just, I mean, we we're getting the updates that is uploading as the rest of the league is. We're not doing anything once the week starts. So it all just kind of goes up there and that's really it. Well, that's great. Plug, plug your stuff. Tell them the website. <laughs> tell them where to follow you and stuff. Because I mean, I I love following you guys. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, our our Instagram is where we do like the most stuff. I mean, all of our social media is on everything, but Instagram is our most up to date. We keep track of the times the most on that, and we'll post every single game, all the highlights. 
Um, we'll have a graphic with the goals and the points. And then on our YouTube page, we have condensed games of every single game we'll go through. And just kind of like how the NHL, you know, YouTube account has. We just, it's not all the goals, it's just all the high, like the scoring plays, the high percentage plays, the nice saves. And um, we just kind of have it that way because we figured people wouldn't know about this, that it was going to be like this when it started. So we wanted to have a way for people to catch up if they wanted to, you know, see it now as we're getting into our playoffs and you know the game's getting a little more intense so everything's up there if anyone wants to see and catch up you can watch any game all season and they're no more than five minutes it'll take you a half hour to catch up all season it's like watching the condensed games the day after on the nhl app on the tv yeah it's great (laughs) no that's fantastic and you guys (laughs) like honestly i think you guys are probably leading the charge on the social media and what you guys are doing it's absolutely fantastic yeah it's great for the growth yeah yeah thanks one of the things I kind of wanted to ask or just throw out there is we're talking highlight uh, real saves. We're talking big plays, scoring opportunities. Who are some of the guys that are making those plays? Let's name drop. Let's let's uh, well, make guess, some people famous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, I'll dive into the teams that are still in it now. There's four teams left. There's the Lakeland Caribou. They're the number one seed. Uh, Mike Malloy's the captain of that team. Uh, John Ruiz is on that team. Mike Williams. Ty Sheehan, um, Tim Pags, Trevor Altman. A lot of guys that play for the Warriors and Indians are in this league. Um, you guys know Joe Malilo, Jack Allen, and Marchese, who played for you guys up in Quebec. Yep. Um, they're the top seed. Three they went 8-1. and one, And they're matched up against the Belmar Hawks, who are the four seed. They actually beat the Caribou in the season, though. That was their only loss during the regular season. And they're run by Matt Murata, who's the Garden State Warriors goalie. Mm-hmm. Eric Zimmerman's on the team, Alec Myers, Kenny Patrone, um, Andrew and Pat Weatherby, Dan Geatons. So that it's the talent in that series is just ridiculous. It's yeah. it's the best players we got around. Absolutely. It's gonna be fun to watch. Obviously some big names that we've talked about here, we've interviewed, and yeah. then you hear about in yeah. every tournament. You guys' league is extremely <laughs> top heavy with talent. I love it. I love it. The good thing about those, it's pretty, it's dispersed pretty evenly because even the teams that didn't make the playoffs and the teams that got eliminated, they have A level talent all throughout. So, you know, our number nine seed of the season was a team called the Goats, and they beat the Hawks earlier in the season, and it was a great game. They deserved the win. So it's just competitive every single game. And then the other playoff matchup is the two three seed, the um, two seeds, the Marlton Raw Dogs, which is run by uh, Luke Villano and. Steve Sion, they've actually won the past two years on concrete. So they're going for a three-peat right now. Nice. Dennis Hickey was on that team, but he's actually out for a while. He's got an injury right now. Uh, Timmy Ryan's on their team. Anna Bruzzo, Austin Mauger. Um, I want to shout out Timmy Ryan and his girlfriend, Chelsea. They're line mates in the league, and it's just absolutely adorable. We love it. <laughs> and, uh, and then the, they're playing against my team. We're the Eve Sham Tortugas. And on my team, it's... Um, my brother's in net, Gianni. Joey Trapani's on the team. We have Steven Macchiaro, and Steve led the league in points this year. He had 10 goals and 12 assists in nine games. He tore it up. We got a guy on the team named Aaron Huffnagel, who's got a tryout in the East Coast Hockey League this year. So there's there's talent all over. It's, it's I really I really don't know who's going. No, that's crazy. I love it. I didn't know that you were a Tortugas guy. That's my favorite team name. But so what I was going to oh, ask yeah. you, Following it too. what I was going to ask you, well, and then uh, is it South Jersey best friends? Yeah. That just seems yeah, like the most uh, wholesome team name I've ever seen, but I think they might get spanked every once in a while. But what I was going to ask you is who's got the best jerseys? 
Oh, that's an we got a big. Sure. There's a big riot around here about who's got the best setup, who's got the best outfits. I mean, who 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 are you going to give the award to? You're in charge. I, I give it to the Raw Dogs. It's definitely the Raw Dogs. They have they have bright red shorts, like teal blue jerseys, a red and yellow logo, and then on their shoulders we actually gave them shoulder patches that say 2017 champions and 2018 champions that are ketchup and mustard bottles. So ah, they look pretty. That's fantastic. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, they're, no, they're that's awesome. That's great. That's great. But you had mentioned as well uh, the Garden State Warriors. Uh, and yeah. Hopefully soon we'll have some more jerseys up here. We're kind of going through a little uh, transition. transition. Hey, you got to get yeah. it back there. We're trying to work on upgrading, <laughs> but it takes a little bit of time. We've all got day jobs. But uh, with the Garden State Warriors, uh, with a lot of them playing in that league, a lot of them representing you know, Team USA at various levels and things, uh, what's the difference between them as – you know, league play, and then when it comes time to be tournament play or maybe international play even? I mean, everyone brings it every game. I mean, everyone. I guess everyone takes their foot off the gas a little bit for the regular season, but since the playoffs have started, it's everyone's playing like it's a men's A game right now. It's Each game's been a battle. It really has. I love it. Nice. Nice. So um, as we kind of uh, transition here in the conversation. One of the things I wanted to ask is you talked about your investment of time and your brother and your cousin and everybody, and you're doing this on your own time, right? Absolutely. Um, we're all amateurs. We do this because we love the sport, but what makes you commit this level of dedication and what's your love for the sport? I mean, I've played ball hockey since I was five years old. I just have always played pretty much every year of my life. So I just want to keep doing it. And for Gianni, JR too. TJ, who he's not my cousin, by the way, he's just one of our buddies. But oh, he, um, he just he's played his whole life too. All of us in Marlton have played since we really have been able to play hockey, it's and it's just fun. We feel like we're kids again, running around out there, just having a good time. Dude, oh, we awesome. love it. We love everything you do. You guys have way too much talent. Uh, <laughs> and then what I was going to ask you is, what's kind of in store for the future of the EBHL now that you guys have kind of come. I guess essentially from nothing, playing on the concrete with the kind of rinky-dink boards, and now, uh, I mean, you guys have Legit full-on setup. teams, and you've got dynasties, as we've seen <laughs> here, and stuff like that, but what's the future growth plan? Are you guys going to add more levels? Is there going to add more teams, more rinks? I mean, what, what do you kind of see moving forward? We're, we're kind of playing it by ear right now. We're, I mean, I love running the league, but we're exhausted right now. We've done a ton of work on this stuff so we're definitely going to take a little bit break once the season ends i don't know that we'll do another season we kind of like having the exclusivity of having one season one champion per year mm-hmm. kind of make there's only one opportunity to win so everyone takes i think a little more serious because of that we do want to have a tournament we're looking to have one hopefully in september um we still got to get the details out behind that but we're trying to get something together and we're also hoping for next year that we can split into two divisions. We think we have the talent and the interest to kind of break it up and bring some more teams in and, you know, get everyone involved that we possibly can. Now oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So as we wrap it up here, um, is there anything else uh, you kind of want to add or, you know, should we? Uh... Yeah, plug the social media. Yeah. If guys, guys want to join the leagues, you know, moving forward and stuff, how do they sign up? How do they contact you guys? How do they get more information? You're putting in the effort. Let's uh, let's show everybody the uh, the outcome there. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, our, our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook, our YouTube, follow all of them. We update all of them pretty much daily with content through the league, whether it's just graphics, stats, top plays, highlights, whatever. 
Um, if you want to join the league, normally we kind of do it by you just get a group together and tell us, hey, this is our group. We're going to be this team. We did have a team of free agents this year. We're trying to work out a system to make that easier for people to do. And I'm sure we'll have something lined up by next year. But if you reach out to us on social media in any form, we'll be able to get you involved somehow. That's awesome. Yeah, man, so we love it. Definitely check those guys out. Uh, if it's Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, whatever, uh, it's, it's a good follow. I, honestly, I'm not lying. I Incredible. I watch it every week. Um, so, uh, Anthony, man, I appreciate, uh, name with the face and you joining us today. Yeah. yeah thanks. I appreciate you having Tur- me on. Tortugas all the way, baby. We're rooting <laughs> for you guys. All right. Thanks, man. Yep. Thanks, fellas. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us, everybody tonight. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. We had Anthony Santrocco who just, uh, just left us there from the EBHL out in Jersey. Uh, great bunch of guys. Do a great, <laughs> amazing league. A- absolutely amazing things for the game out there. Um, check them out on social media again, uh, EBHL. I mean, they have what? YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. The whole nine yards. Check those guys out. Seriously, it's awesome. And again, uh, we started this episode with what we call the best weekend of the summer. I already miss it. And it was. And it was just last weekend. So 51 weeks ago, guys. Um, but uh, yeah, we want to wrap this up. Uh, again, say... Thank you for Crawford Brew Works for the partnership uh, during the tournament. Uh, Landjet for everything they did with us for that mobile studio. And with that, we're going to call it a day. So Eric Mock, Ryan Shackelford, we're out, guys.